you're tuned in to the Neo Academy podcast. My name's Mark and welcome to another episode of Neo Ideas, weekly insights from the world of education. Micro schools and pandemic pods, change agents in K-12 education. Wow, that was our first thought when we read about micro schools and pandemic pods. The changes in the dynamics of education that have taken place over the last year are just incredible and the shockwaves keep rolling. Unhappy with the quality, consistency and suitability of purely online teaching at their local schools during the pandemic, parents got organised, setting up pandemic pods of around 10 children. They then hired a private tutor or one of the parents or several of the parents taught the children themselves and their own micro school was born. Now, this might seem like just a reaction to a temporary situation, a way to make sure the children had more of a multi-sensory, multimodal continuation of learning with a social dimension that the hastily assembled Zoom classes were just not offering in a time when children most needed the stability. But we don't think so. We think this is a key part and a key indication of the disruption of education that's underway. The appeal of microschools. It's easy to see why microschools appealed to parents during the pandemic. Children were really suffering with the upheaval of everything around them. Parents were trying to keep working from home whilst keeping an eye on their children and the need to find a solution was pressing. Small, local, self-contained, safe. The one-room schoolhouse is an iconic part of North American culture. Little red-bricked buildings used to dot the landscape, with as many as 190,000 of them in the US back in 1919. All ages in one room, with multimodal lessons grouped by maturity and progress, rather than your date of birth. Education was different in 1919, but there was a fluidity of this type of learning environment. The teacher couldn't be everywhere, and so peer teaching and a community learning model was a natural evolution here, if the schoolmaster didn't physically educate you for talking, that is. Today, there are less than 4,000 of these buildings in the country, and they're almost all rural, where population doesn't allow for segmented age groups. For a long time, they were seen as old-fashioned, but the nostalgia for the local one-room schoolhouse is now taking on a new dimension and finding its way back towards the cutting edge of education. For parents who want to have more control over their children's education, you can see the appeal. The micropod, or the pod, take into account the best schedules for the families as well as the most suitable learning approaches and content for the small group of children that form part of it. Contact with the teacher is daily and the individualised attention and personalised content that's possible in such a microcosmic group is hard to replicate in all but the most innovative K-12 learning environments. Microschools step into the future. They've been around for a while now Organisations like Acton have been supporting people to set up their own micro-school within existing schools for years now, and NOLA has helped organisations bring micro-schools into community spaces like museums and galleries. The difference these days is the grassroots element. When the pandemic hit and parents began to really internalise the new realities of education for their children, it was clear that many schools were falling short. Let's be clear, we have always said and will always say that teachers are superheroes, no question. However, aside from the Herculean effort of teachers to shift learning online, the structures and know-how just weren't in place for so many schools. 
online learning that truly supports the social dimension, not just the cognitive one, is something that doesn't evolve overnight. Enter parents groups. Where would we be without parents groups on Facebook? This is where recommendations are passed on and decisions are really made. And it was natural fertilizer for the explosion in pandemic pods. This San Francisco group gathered 9,500 members very quickly and pods were set up all over the area with members sharing tips, tricks, resources and recommendations. The group is called Pandemic Pods San Francisco. The thing is that going back is not easy for everyone. Have you ever realised while on holiday that where you live really isn't up to very much or hired a car and found it really tough to go back to your own when the holiday ended? When the dust settled, those schooling in pods came to a crossroads. Go back to school or formalise what they were doing and step it up a gear. Microschools came into their own. In a microschool, you can still ostensibly follow the curriculum, but approach it in your own way and broaden out to include things that the learners are actually really interested in. One of the parents, for example, might teach coding. Or the group might bring in a local designer to show the children how to use basic tools to create posters, designs, invites and social media posts. This is local, small batch, artisanal education. An imperfect solution. Sounds good so far? Let's dig a bit deeper. Hiring a teacher between eight children and overseeing the content and learning approach with regular contact and discussion? You need time and you need money for that. The families in North America doing this are overwhelmingly white, privileged and without special educational needs. And so the natural diversity of the area is stripped away into homogeneity. Not good. As this article in Harvard Business Review scathingly puts it, the new aristocracy discovers microschools, introducing the newest, oldest way to engineer a feckless elite. Wow. We also take away a lot of the dialogue between parents and educators that helps us shift mindsets and introduce progressive thinking. A parent might be looking for a school that has good discipline and scores high on state league tables, but that doesn't mean education will help their child to be the best version of themselves. In fact, it probably won't. Sometimes the school is old-fashioned and teacher-centred, and sometimes it's the parents who hang on to outdated ideas. But the dialogue is always healthy. Finding a balance. The micro-school is a great idea. Flexible learning environments, more permeable walls between learning and the real world, personalised pathways through content and malleable schedules to, sh to suit the learners and their families. However, they risk being another tool of the elite to further widen an equity gap that's already far too big. Teachers competing for the biggest paychecks, beholden to the direction of parents who may or may not know their pedagogy from their andragogy. Neurodiverse and BIPOC pupils excluded from the homogeneous bubbles of learning that risk marginalisation and are just downright unfair. Some organisations are doing something about that. Microschool organisation Weekdays are lobbying and campaigning for more subsidies and support to ensure that microschools don't end up as ableist, segregated and sexist in the type of families who can access them. They're also helping to ensure that teachers who they recommend are thoroughly background checked and receive fair working conditions so that the children and the teachers in the microschool are less vulnerable. Microschools within schools. This was bound to happen. 
When the Innocent Smoothie Company started a new wave of interest in drinks with natural ingredients, homespun branding and environmental ethics, Coca-Cola saw the challenge and just bought the company, letting them retain their way of working, but under the wider company umbrella. That's not the best example, but you know what I mean. Microschools are great, but only when equitable and properly run, and so an obvious solution was to bring this innovation in-house. Liberty Schools in Kansas City have installed micro-schools in all of their regular schools, where small groups of learners can study more personalised pathways within special spaces, like maker studios or even off-site in business, manufacturing or cultural hubs. Our favourite example is the hubbling approach by Learn Life. They partner with schools who know they need to do something to break out of the mechanistic model of education that still pervades modern schools but lack the resources or capacity to do this at full scale. In partnership with Learn Life, small learning hubs are set up within the school, which are customised with a range of 3D printing, music production, coding, art and cooking facilities to name just a few. This means a school can have a self-contained space for the magic to happen, and this is perfectly adaptive to a micro-school philosophy, where learners can personalise their pathways and focus on what really interests them, away from the hum of the busy school. A taste of the future. Innovation isn't linear. We were never going to emerge from a hugely unsettling pandemic with a shiny new school system, but the seeds have been sown. The pandemic pods showed us that when education is customised and localised and puts the learner at the centre, it can be a powerful experience. What we also learned is that we can't call it progress if it only works for some of us. There is a way forward here, and we don't have all the answers. What we do know is that everywhere we look, from liquid learning to co-working spaces, digital nomads to adaptive learning, the solutions of the future are fluid. They are never one thing or one model, but the creation of choice, access and innovation. Microschools are actually quite a big idea and we think they have a place in the future of education. Mm -hmm.